This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and an executive coach, and today I am delighted to welcome Donna Griffith to the show. Donna, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so jazzed about this conversation. And Donna, you're going to talk about the art of storytelling and messaging savvy. And specifically for startups, I think the storytelling message is relevant to every audience, but we're going to hone in today and focus on your incredible new book. But I want to give the audience some background. I'd love for you to tell us about you. You've worked in corporate storytelling for 20 years. Back in the day, we used to call this uh, communications or you were a communication specialist, but it has evolved beautifully. You've worked in Fortune 500 companies, and of course, you've helped thousands of startups. So what got you hooked into this industry? Um, well, startups are addictive. <laughs> yes. I'm married to a, a serial entrepreneur. It's kind of like this, this uh, continuous bug bite that keeps coming back. Um, and working with them is so scintillating, so exciting. You get to see these incredible minds churning out these unbelievable solutions and God love them. They struggle to tell the story. Uh, it's it's like they're they're deaf and mute when it comes to that. So in 2008, the last big crisis, I, I pivoted from focusing mainly on enterprise, who were basically shutting down all, as you said, communication skills trainings because there was a crisis. Uh, and startups were cropping up like mushrooms after a rainstorm because that's what happens. And I see it happening now. It's another trend. Um, and they were having trouble raising funding because they couldn't tell their story. And that's when I was like, okay, that's my new audience. And it's that's that's where I've been ever since. Oh, I love it. And we, we need you out there. We absolutely do. So give us the historical significance of storytelling. I know that's actually a chapter in the book. Yep. So we have basically been telling stories since before we had language to tell them. Uh, If we look at cave paintings that emerged 50,000 years ago, people were telling stories of a volcanic eruption or of their buffalo that came in and and trampled them. Um, And it continued on through... Homer's Iliad and Gilgamesh and then through the the uh, Greek tragedy. So really the way we told stories was the way we associated with the world, the way our brains make sense of information. And somewhere along the lines, we lost touch with that brilliant idea of chunking our ideas into acts, like a four-act play where you know, you'd see in Greek tragedy, you see in Shakespeare, Moliere, Chekhov, all the greats. Uh, When it comes to the business world, we are completely fragmented and all over the place. And our brains just crave that structure that we evolved as a human species into. And that's why I wrote the book, to give that structure back to the startup and the business world. And you've created a phrase, which I absolutely love, and I want to honor it here, infrastructural messages. Tell me more about Mm -hmm. that. So I coined it. I don't know if I completely made it up, but when I work with a company, um, we're hitting on the true DNA of their story. So what lies at the infrastructure, uh, whether it's their 
their investor materials, their sales materials, their website. These are the foundational moments of how they're going to get their story out to the critical players in their lives, their funders, their customers. And it has to tell a cohesive and powerful story that really sets them apart. And then once we've nailed that DNA, it will take them everywhere. It's it's almost like a good stock that you would make and then put into a stew and and a, a brisket and you know a bunch of other things. It's all imbued into these different dishes. Beautifully put. So let's let's deconstruct the classic story structure that as you said has been around for thousands of years because it's really essential for everyone, certainly the startup organization, but individuals that are trying to sell something or raise money or influence I think it's it just permeates every part of what we do. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of storytelling. It's so captivating and it's so enthralling that people forget to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for a moment you just have them. And and sometimes like I'll be giving a workshop and telling a story and like some of the stories that I, I mentioned in the book. And, and I see people just like enraptured and you know, you've got them at that moment. And that's such an incredible moment of connection where our brains truly sync up. And those are the moments that we can influence. So if you're trying to sell to an enterprise or you're trying to convince a VC to fund you with millions of dollars by, by creating that brain sync then they're trusting you. They're they're getting your passion. They're understanding why you started it. So it's the, there's the infrastructure of the storytelling, and then there's the stories that you're going to weave in your origin story, your customers' origin stories. Your you know the the way they work with it. It's it's all going to be storytelling upon storytelling, and those are the moments they're going to remember. So give me an example because I think that will put it into context and truly right. illustrate the story to this global audience. So give me one of your one of your examples from the book. So one of the book, one of the, my favorite stories that I tell in the book, in the origin story section, is about Cure Life. Uh, they are an incredible company that has basically found a I can't say treatment because you know FDA will not approve it, but something that will effectively lower blood glucose levels by over seventy percent in a matter of days and weeks for people that have to manage insulin and and oftentimes are insulin resistant it's it's incredible how they get their lives back now it all started with the founder Ron whose father was diagnosed with uh, diabetes in his 50s and he went from being this thriving and 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 vital individual to just being a shadow of himself and Ron set out on this quest to find anything he could to give his father his zest for life back and he did. And, and then he realized there were hundreds of millions of people struggling with the same thing and not just the managing the blood glucose level. Now, fun fact, and this is not in the book because this just happened last week. Um, Ron has worked with me many times over the years. And now he asked me to work with his VP sales and director of sales. They've grown a lot over nice. the years on, on um, their sales deck. And they're pitching to places like Whole Foods and the big boys. And so they sent me a deck which looked lovely, but was absolutely void of any story. And I'm like, hey, what 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 happened to Ron and Rafi's story? Well, we only have a brief amount of time to meet with a company like Whole Foods. We have to give a much about the product. Oh, and there I will stop you and stop anyone. That the fear of like, I don't have enough time. I have to push the product is one of the biggest mistakes that startups make. 
because at the end of the day, they are not going to remember what herbs you have in your supplement. They're not going to remember the numbers, the facts, the figures, the the manufacturing. They're going to remember that the founder set out to do this for his father. And guess what? The VP sales and the director of sales both had diabetic fathers. And that's one of the reasons they joined the company. So here's a company that's life mission and passion is making their loved one's lives better. How incredible is that? And that you remember. It sticks. Stories stick. They truly do. And I remember founder stories from from years, 10, 15 years ago that just have stuck with me. And and that's the power of it. Like I'll run into someone, I'll be like, oh, you're the one that had the pitch that did da 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 da. That's awesome. So I'd love for you to help this audience understand what a pitch deck is and what are the chunks. I love that you outline four chunks or acts of the startup pitch deck. So in case you don't know what a pitch deck is, um, it's it's the slide, the presentation that uh, startups use mainly for raising funding from investors. So when they say, send me a deck, they mean, send me your slides. Uh, it's come to be known as a deck. Like it used to be in, in, in corporate, like an actual deck of cardboard cards. And then it evolved into PowerPoint, but it kind of stuck, stuck with that. So the chunks go right back to our ancient predecessor storytellers um, where where plays were written in acts. And even movies today, like action-adventure films, still have this archetypal structure. So we start off with the villain, the problem, the need, the gaping hole in their lives. Now, some of your listeners might be saying, oh, seriously, she's going to do the whole problem solution thing? Yes, I am. Because there's a reason that it's done again and again. Because it works. It works. Yeah. It's been around for, for tens of thousands of years and it's not going anywhere. So being able to start off motivating the pain and telling it hopefully from a very personal story or or one of your customers and their struggles. At this point, in this act, you don't exist. Your solution does not exist. I have to like, I'll be working with com- with companies and they're like, and what we're doing, I'm like, yeah, you, you're not here. This is a vortex. You don't exist. We, we've come and we find the hero in act two, which is the, the solution, the hero who's going to trounce this villain and, and restore peace back to Gotham. And if you think about it, a hero doesn't look that great unless they have a villain to deal with. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so the bigger the villain, the more attractive and powerful a, 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 the hero is. And then we go into what it is that you're doing, why it works, um, kind of guiding us on the user's journey. Again, you want to show how this is really affecting your customers, get some great testimonials, and then move on to the third act, which is your hero's plan of action your business, your business model, your market, your competitive landscape, the numbers, which are really, you know, the nitty gritty of what the investors will be looking for, but it's not the end all be all. So, cause we haven't started with that first, they need to understand the need and your product and then how you're going to make money. Now, granted, we will throw some numbers in, in the problem section too, just to show how big this problem is. Um, then finally, it's what will happen the day after the villain is gone. Mm. Okay, so what are the future directions? How are we going to make this an even bigger opportunity? What is our end game? What's our vision? 
And, and then of course, what are you asking for? How much money? What will you use it for? How far will it get you? So that's basically the four act play of your investor pitch. On that note, hold right there. We'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code CDHWORK. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Donna, I believe in the power of the pitch deck, and I, I love the four chunks. I believe also that there is uh, some importance on the delivery and how one presents the deck and the ideas. And you talk about this in the book. So share some some tips for peak performance. So, but first of all, I, I can tell you that people will come to me and think that, that, oh, I'm not a good presenter. People have told me I'm not very good. To me, the root cause is 99% of the time they don't have a good uh, story. Yeah. They don't have a good script. And if you're reaching for things you want to say, of course, you're going to fumble and mumble and em and ah. So once you get your story straight, that that kind of cures at least 50% of I'm not a good presenter. And then we want to polish that. So I tell people, okay, if you still want to practice the pitch, go you go through it a few times. You you must practice. You can't just read it through the night before your first meeting and then expect to do a great job. Practice, practice, practice. Practice in front of your team. Practice in front of your family. Practice in front of your Uber driver. I don't care. It's like whatever you need to be able to get through it. And then um, you want it to be so much a part of yourself that I could wake you up in the middle of the night and say, pitch me and, and you've got it. Um, then we want to work on clarity of voice. I work with a lot of founders. I mean, Silicon Valley is, everybody's from somewhere. So it's a melange of accents and, and pronunciations. And nobody is judging your English. Nobody's judging your grammar. I promise you, if, if Americans could speak a second language as well as, as immigrants that come and learn English can, it would be a very different country that we lived in. So, But what they are judging is if they can't understand you. Yeah. So we want to be really clear on pronunciation and enunciation. And it's little tiny shifts that can make massive difference. Um, enthusiasm, excitement, cadence, speech, hand gestures, movements. Really, this is a show. This is your opportunity to shine. You need to up your game at least 25% to, 
get your message out there. So for all of the entrepreneurs listening around the world, what are the mistakes that people are making so they can be aware of them? I'm a big believer in fail forward, figure out what you did and improve it for the next time. Yep, absolutely. So the first one I said is, is thinking that you need to focus on the solution or the hero before you've mo- made, motivated the pain. That's probably the most critical mistake. Another one is being uber techie or or jargony and thinking, oh, I'm going to sound smart if I throw in all this medical jargon or technical jargon. And, and basically what you end up doing is is alienating your audience and disconnecting them because nobody wants to feel dumb. And granted, investors are extremely smart people dealing with a lot of different fields, but sometimes there's technologies that they're just not masterful with. So today I was working with a a, a doctor, uh, very experienced. Uh, He's a tenured professor. And I asked, the first thing I asked when he's developing a, a pharma solution, and, and I asked if um, he's going to be presenting to investors that are from the medical field or not, because we have to treat that very differently. So know your audience. How proficient are they? Always have like a primer slide there for if you need to do like 101 of what it is that you're doing to kind of bring them into your world. And then if it's somebody that they say, oh, no, I know all about that. Oh, great. Okay. So you can skip that slide, but at least you're prepared. Is there a a timing, an ideal timing? Because the human attention span is shrinking. So what's your window of opportunity for peak, peak listening? So, I mean, the study done many, many years ago, um, (laughs) MIT showed that the adult uh, attention span is less than that of a goldfish. That was even before social media. I'd say it's like non-existent. If you haven't grabbed their attention in the first 30 seconds, you're going to be battling to get it back. And that's where stories can really come to your rescue and, and give you that unfair advantage. Because again, we're like kids. When we hear a story, we just go back to this very primal moment of like, ooh, oh, this is something interesting. Ooh, I identify with this. Oh, that reminds me of the time that. And and all of that inner, internal conversation is creating little connections between us. Mm, I love that. So the formal pitch, uh, your practice, practice, you've got that pitch deck perfectly presented. You've read this incredible book, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But what about those impromptu moments? You bump into someone in the grocery store or you're waiting in the carpool pickup for your kid at school or who knows where you are. You're at the gym and you have to pitch in a pinch. What do you do then? Exactly. So, so, Living in a place like like Silicon Valley or New York or a lot of these hubs, you never know when the next person you meet could potentially be instrumental in changing your life or changing your business. You have to be prepared to, to give them your pitch in a succinct and powerful way. And again, we're coming back to oh, well, I have to, if I only have a minute or I only have 30 seconds, I need to talk about the product. No. Again, you need to pitch to their mind, their heart, and their gut at the same time. That sounds like a tall order, but the mind processes through questions, but the heart and the gut will feel things because they'll empathize with you. They'll understand, they'll get it on a much deeper level. So don't neglect your problem story, your origin story, just shorten it down. So maybe just like a couple lines on your story, a couple lines on the solution. You want to create what I call a simple solution statement. We do X for Y by Z. And then maybe 
a really fascinating part about something you've accomplished, something unique about your market. Have that ready to go. Boom, you're ready for it. Oh, love, love, love. So the world is changing. Technology is advancing a mile a minute. We've got artificial intelligence. We've got virtual reality. Is the human pitch, the conversation ever going to go away? Or should we always bring it back to human basics? I I don't think it's going anywhere. I think the mediums are going to change. I think AI is going to be a big disruptor. And I do talk about that in my last chapter. It's funny because as I was um, writing the book, the very, very, very first kind of um, signals coming from from GPT-3 were coming out. So first Jasper AI and then OpenAI um, let chat GPT out into the world. And as a creator, it's a bit, you know, disconcerting. Will I have work? Will I have a job? And I actually asked chat GPT, what is the future of storytelling and when will they be writing investor decks? And 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 it's an interesting answer. I, I, spoiler, I think I'm, I'm okay for the next few years until they get there. But it's the human empathy of being able to piece together a powerful story that I think will always persevere, whether it's in a PowerPoint or, or a Prezi or a, you know, a beautiful AI or whatever other tool. I mean, look at business cards. There's a reason that they've they've not gone away. And I think maybe COVID is the first thing that that, that actually did sort of make a dent in it. But there's things that have stuck with us for thousands of years and I truly believe will. Donna Griffith, I learned so much from you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And your book is extraordinary. I'm holding a beautiful copy in my hand and it's called Sticking to My Story, The Alchemy of Storytelling for Startups. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But Donna, tell this global audience how they can communicate with you after today's show. Absolutely. So um, stickingtomystory.com. You can read more about the book and order it directly from there. Um, Also donagriffit.com, no H, just two Fs, one T.com. You can find out more about uh, what I do, how I can be helpful. And of course, please mention this podcast, special discount waiting for your listeners. That's great. Donna, thank you so much. I truly learned so much. Love the book. And listen, there is a big future for you. I don't care what technology is happening. You are an expert and I learned so much from you. Thank you so much. That means so much. Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms, and I want to hear from you, so let me know how we're doing. You can find me at carolinedoudhiggins.com. And I want to give a special shout out to my extraordinary Your Working Life colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries around the world. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.